Hi, everyone. Welcome to Orthopod. Um, we're here today to talk about a very, very um, serious and evolving issue with a friend and colleague uh, who currently, who currently uh, is an orthopedic surgeon, an assistant professor at the Federal University of San Paulo, uh, Vinicius Moray. Vinny, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you, Mo. Thank you for your invitation. Listen, uh, I wish we were I wish we were chatting on better circumstances, but uh, we around the world are hearing, Vinny, that um, you know Brazil has become a new epicenter um, designated by the World Health Organization. I wonder if you can share from your perspective what's happening. Oh, for sure. Uh, thanks, Mo, for the invitation. It's been a pleasure to be with you. We've been friends for such a long, such a long yeah. time. And what we see here in Brazil that we have uh, a big issue regarding to the, the COVID uh, pandemic, because uh, we believe that our country has some unique uh, 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 characteristics of the population that makes uh, uh, the, the, the spread of the disease a little bit more serious than it is in other countries. Uh, what we see here, uh, I live in the metropolitan area of Sao Paulo, and what I see here that when you go to the suburban area, people are just not following the, the rules, just they, they are not following to be at home, to be isolated in their homes, and this is because of basically uh, two major factors that are uh, people, they just don't have money to be at home, they have to go to the streets to, to get some money, to get some money to get food and most of the their homes are small homes and how can you be isolated uh, like with four four and five people in a 30 30 meters square meters house so this is something that is not practical for for, for everybody uh in a, in, in the in downtown the most important part of the city we don't have we don't see so much of this problem people are just following the rules but this is something that is really critical in the suburban area. And this is where the, the, COVID, uh, uh, the COVID disease is spreading uh, in a serious way. So uh, I just uh, saw the stats about it uh, these days. Yes. And we are just uh, uh, facing like 25,000 of deaths in the country and 6,000 6, of them in the state of Sao Paulo. That's where uh, I live. So, so Vinny, let, let me ask you this: from the perspective of of how rapidly it's increased, I mean, has this? It just seems that you you know it's been going, but suddenly it's just taken off. Have you felt it that way? Has it been sudden, or has it always been looming? And um, you know, sort of the citizens of Brazil have known it, and citizens of Sao Paulo have felt things are going in the wrong direction. You know that uh, Sao Paulo is so big that uh, yeah. we have different patterns of the disease uh, around the, the, the city regions. So what we saw two weeks ago, that in the north part of the city, there was a huge uh, increase in the cases. And then these uh, were followed by the south part of the city. So it doesn't happen at the same time. We feel that some parts of the city are a little bit uh, worse than the others. But what I feel that uh, you, you cannot see the disease uh, outbreaking that much at the same yeah. time. We have like different uh, scenarios uh, uh, along the city. And this is something that is really tricky because uh, we just don't see the disease, uh, how, how serious it is. 
So there are many people who aren't experiencing this in other countries, right? I mean, they are, um, Canada, for example, has for many reasons just been able to have healthcare capacity that's been able to maintain. We've never seen the quote surge that people talk about. When you are trying to help other countries understand what it feels like to be amidst an evolving crisis where we're hearing, and this may be wrong, but we're, we're hearing that it may almost be too late now in Brazil to stop it, like to slow it down because it's just taken off so much that there's an inevitable possibility that you may end up somewhere in the ballpark of a million infections, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of people really, really seriously, seriously ill and possibly many more deaths. What does that feel like on the front lines as someone who is in the healthcare side of things? Uh, you know that I, I besides of the, the COVID, I have been uh, in the hospital almost every day. So I see what the things are happening there. And what we see that in Brazil, we have like a, a battle with the media. Yeah. And so, so uh, people just don't, don't, just don't know the truth, you know? Okay. Some parts of the, of the population, they are just living as the way that they were. And this is what you said. Uh, maybe we cannot just break the the virus contagion from these days. It's, it's, yes. it's too many people that is with the disease, and uh, we just can't test everybody. That will be the key for 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 being succeeded in this in this scenario. Yeah. So now that you're in a situation, what do you think is the way forward? What's likely to happen to you? Um, and in your in your hospital environment, w what are you doing at this point? Just try to do everything you can to contain uh, more problems once patients arrive. I think I think in the community, unfortunately, it's going to continue because you know it's going to continue to multiply for all the reasons you've said. But in the mm -hmm. hospital level, what's happening? How are you managing it? Are you testing everyone, or do you have enough tests? Yeah, we know that we had, like in our orthopedic division, we had like a crisis management plan yes. uh, that we had like three action lines that was first to protect the staff. Uh, okay. Second, how we're going to deal with our educational uh, things that we have to do, like to train the residents, to train the yes. fellows, to train the medical students. And the yes. third, what we're going to do with the practice of orthopedics. So we see that our elective surgeries just drop it for help for helping yeah. them. So we have 50% of decrease. And even yes. in the ER, we are in trauma surgery, we have a decrease in 70%. Because in wow. Sao Paulo, in Sao Paulo, we see most of motorcycle accidents. And yes. if people are at home, people are just not getting injured for that. You were saying and you opened up that in many of the areas that people like how 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 um, compliant are people with social distancing or physical distancing or staying at home? I would imagine that in a country as densely populated as Sao Paulo, that, uh, or in a, in a city, sorry, as densely populated as Sao Paulo, you would have a hard time keeping people apart. Are people able to stay apart? Or is this the reason why you feel, as you mentioned, that things are, are rapidly progressing? Yes, I think that the, the main reason that people just can't be at home they, they are, right, they are sure. suffering. They don't have savings. They are suffering from yeah. from the yeah. need food, and this is they need to get a job. So this is something that the government they are failing to 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 maintain people at home because it's just not possible. And you mentioned something about the media 
and the government or something's happening. So like we're, we're hearing all kinds of stories, Vinny, from our side, right? And you know, the, the challenge right now is because we're part of an information epidemic, nobody knows who to trust anymore. So when you hear something, who do you trust? And so from your perspective, what's happening? What is the disconnect? Is it is it policies that just aren't being enforced? Is it media saying, it's fine, be outside, or is it the opposite? What's happening? I think that uh, we have a president that is liberal, that yes. wants the economy to run instead okay. of the disease. Okay. Uh, he's not, uh, he's not uh, caring about the number of deaths. He just wants the, the economy to run. Okay. In the other side, we have the media that uh, is, is very worried about the number of deaths and uh, what yeah and about the advices of the World Health Organization. So okay. we have a battle between the president and, and okay. the media. And the, the person who is in charge of about taking, uh, the, taking care of the disease is not the president, are the governors. So okay. the governors are the one that runs the health system. Yes. So we have the, the president in one side, the media in the other side, and the governors making uh, like a political game among yeah, the press in the middle yeah and this is the very, challenge very, very very difficult and i mean i guess i guess from that perspective when you talk to patients i mean are i mean are is there now just a fear to come to the hospital is like for example how many covid patients are you know are are in the hospital environment for you is because you know we've seen that once a, a center gets covid cases both healthcare providers get covid or patients get it Patients then say, I'll stay away, which creates even more problems because now they stay sick at home and they die at home because they're not getting treatment. Is that starting to happen or is that a risk? Yes, yeah, it has happened uh, so much in Sao Paulo. I'm gonna tell you a case. Okay. Uh, the, sure. the, the first hospital that diagnosed COVID, yeah. uh, one of the biggest private hospital of the country, uh, okay. and they made like something like a, a propaganda, an agenda regarding to care about COVID, and yeah. this leads to a, a collateral effect that nobody wants to go to this hospital, because uh, yeah. it feels like that was, this is the place where COVID uh, yeah. was first uh, handled. Yes. So the, the hospitals are facing this problem. Uh, as you can see in my, in, my, in my hospital, we were four orthopedic surgeons in the ER each yeah. day. We are with one, and the other one is working by telemedicine. Wow. Okay. So, okay. so our our force, our jobs are being are are being in risk because of the disease. Nobody wants to go to the hospital. The hospital can pay everybody. So yes. most of the time we are at home working partially. Wow. And and what do you think will be the impact just from the healthcare? I mean, is there a um, from the orthopedic surgeon community? How are they managing? Like, how, how are you and your colleagues managing with this? I mean, are you generally united in one approach or is there also um, differences among the way orthopedic surgeons are viewing COVID? Uh, what we are seeing here strongly in Brazil is uh, one, one mentality that maybe the orthopods are not uh, necessary all the time in the, in the trauma center. Yeah, this is something right. that makes us really, really upset because uh, we see that in most of the hospitals they are trying to to put like more general physicians and use the ortho orthopedic surgeon uh, by 
telemedicine, teleconference, and this will decrease our workforce in the medium and the long term. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So since Thursday or over the weekend, what's happening like in terms of daily right now? What is the current situation? Are, are things just every day getting worse and worse and escalating up? Are you into almost an emergency protocol at this point or is it still far from we that? Have, it seems have, from our perspective, it's pretty serious. For sure. Uh, we are having like a thousand cases a day and it doesn't seem that there are our curve are flattening, it's increasing. Yes. Uh, yes. What I have, uh, what I have uh, listened that we are going to have like two thousand cases in two weeks, and I believe wow. that yes, and I believe in for the next week the governor will have to choose whether he's going to lock down the city. That will be. Can you lock? I mean, Vinny, can you lock down Sao Paulo? Can it be done? I mean, uh, how would you do that when so many? And, you know, I mean, and when we even think about, well, let's say India did a lockdown, right? They they did what others would say, we just locked, uh, locked down the country with a billion people. The truth is there's so many of those billion people who live in very, very tight villages that they're, like, they are basically a small community, arm in arm, touching each other all the time, millions of them. So it's very difficult. Uh, maybe it will not work, but I think that the governor will will try to lock that down the city. Yeah. I think for the next week. And so, so that means work. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, at this point, you do everything. And you know, have you been? We, we've been hearing also that you know all kinds of treatments that we know don't work are being promoted around the world. Mm -hmm. We've seen around the world anti-malarials by some groups saying everyone should get anti-malarials, but the problem is they actually cause a lot of harm too. The evidence yeah. is not absolute. Have you been seeing all kinds of um, messaging to try try anything? Just you know, give people all kinds of treatments that you don't. You of all people I know is very evidence based, but I'm curious what sort of approaches are being used. Uh, you know that the, the the protocols from the hospitals are very different one for the other. But what yes. I see here that we are using these 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 drugs uh, as a passionate way. Uh, if you don't have Nothing to give to the patients. People are just giving like hydroxychloroquine yes, and oxaparin. Yes, right. uh, yes. Most of the patients that are uh, that are, are getting the severe uh, uh, severe disease that are going to the ICU and need to need a ventilator. So, but we have like a battle with the president. The president misleads people saying that chloroquine uh, it's is very good and should be used uh, uh, from home. Mm -hmm. This is something very, very, very difficult. The Minister of Health uh, asked to leave the to the role because of chloroquine. No, it's a very difficult time, and you can imagine all kinds of stressors are happening. And the truth is, we don't know what to do when there's all this. A crisis is always the biggest thing in a crisis is you need to get good information, and then you have to use it. Right, you have to use it. Um, you know, we always say evidence doesn't cease to exist because we ignore it. We have to figure out what works and, and what doesn't. Let me just ask you in closing, Vinny. I mean, you know, you have seen what's happened so quickly. I mean, you know, just imagine both of us three, four, five months ago, imagining what 2020 will look like. It's very different for us. For as sure. you look into as you look into the next six months, 
what do you envision? Like, what is what do you see happening at this point? How is life for you going to be different after all of this? So, I, it's, it's a very tough question. Very it is. difficult question. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, from the Brazilian community, that we're gonna have a way. We're gonna see the world, you know, the world differently. Everything yeah. is going to be different from them. It's not going to be the same. I think that the things that we, we love, like going to a soccer stadium or seeing a concert, it's going to be uh, not as the same. And from the economic perspective here in Brazil, I think that we're gonna have to spend like two or three years to make our economy uh, run again. We were such in a good in a good uh, scenario, and now we're we are just uh, slowing down as the world is slowing too. We feel that some. Yeah. Oh, please. So we feel that uh, we feel that we may need like some help from the world, like uh, it happened uh, in the history previously, like money issues and and yeah. things to get our economy running again. And this is what we expect to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but. That's the way that I think. And you know, I mean, I, I do think the same way you do. I've had a lot of time, and I'm sure you have too, where you know, we're at home and you're reflecting on what to do and you're trying to be as productive as you can, but you're realizing everything's different now and you don't know if it's gonna come back to the way it used to be. And we don't know when it's gonna come back to the way it used to be. And that's the whole other area of uncertainty. You know, In other parts of the world, people are talking about, well, possibly reopening. You can't even imagine what's going through your mind when you're about to head into a crisis. Reopening is the last thing on your mind. Right now, it's about saving people, finding a way to come together, and then in the future saying, how do we all learn from this and how does the world learn from this? But I would put it this way. This is probably the first time in a long time, at least in my lifetime, that everybody in the world, whether you're from rich country or poor country, whether you're the rich or whether you're the poor, we are all feeling something very similar to different degrees, obviously, and there's very different privilege. But I think it's the first time where we have a chance to think, as my last speaker and we were chatting from a um, surgeon from Pakistan said, we are finally a global family and we have to look out for each other. And I think this sort of interaction with you is really important because you're able to share what's happening in Brazil as a trusted member of the orthopedic community uh, and someone that you know, we obviously have great respect for and great pride in the work you're doing. So for me, it's been a great, great pleasure to have you and to connect. I wish we have an opportunity to see each other, and I, I'm very optimistic. We'll have you back up to McMaster, or I will come visit you, and you bring the family. That'll be wonderful. <laughs> Thank you.